0: real news all right welcome everyone to the tori says show i'm your host tori so today is the 15th of july another five days until we get that breather and uh, you know that uh Thank you, Lord. And that is not for, you know, most people that have worked and are working or have worked within uh, a government facility, interacted with them, know that within the past three years, so much has been done. I know a lot of people want to see perp walks and, oh man, you know that scene from Game of Thrones where... She's walking down and everyone's ringing bells. Shame, shame. Yeah, totally, totally hear you. But these are historic times. We need to look back. Look back to where we were and where we are. A lot of people are huffing, "Ah, we'll never get back to normal. But what is normal? Normal was not knowing the things you know today. Normal is what? Just getting on with it, picking out the backsplash in your kitchen, that new curtain, and not knowing about dumbs and all these evil things that are going on and how right under our nose, they're milking us for product. Mm -hmm. That they're taking our information and creating software that attacks us, that controls us. Is that the normal we want to go back to? No. Through every time of chaos and change, there is pain. Always. For me, it's been really painful. I'm just saying. I'm a person that was one that was social but not really. Uh, I was never, uh, I would say, public-facing ever. (laughs) Okay? Um, It was really hard. I think going through uh, graduate school and, you know, Giving talks and teaching uh, helped me come out of that mentality. Hey, no one's supposed to know who I am. Hey, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be incognito. So it's very difficult for me to change. And I'm not changing to my core, but the way I see things and respond to things are. So I want you to remember the change that we have seen. You have to remember how in 2016 they were telling us there would be no way Hillary would lose. Fake news, made up scandals, the minute he swore himself into office, they removed people everywhere. You know, you just know about, oh, you know, this guy had to be fired, this guy left, uh, General Flynn, all, all these people were pushed out. Well, you have to think, the only place that almost everybody President Trump has appointed has been pushed out is the Deep State Department. And obviously, he's going to put Mike Pompeo, who was first at the CIA, and then went there, which is a little bit bizarre. I mean, last time a CIA director was in a cabinet or, uh, you know, an office, like Bush, we saw what happened. Now what we're seeing throughout a period of time with President Trump, with all of these attacks, because those attacks have been distracting us, just like many of you out there are distracting and you're being used to distract as well. I've I've said this many, many times before. You are contributors to Operation Gridlock. That is something that we deployed in Iraq, something that we deployed in Afghanistan uh, when we wanted to hijack elections. And Operation Gridlock is pretty much Bogging down the information highway so that people cannot see information. Do you know how you contribute to it? How many of you have sent texts or tweets? Hey, follow me back. Well, why would someone follow 100,000 people? How are you going to read 100,000 tweets in one day? You can't. This way you suffocate the real news. Remember that. We are all contributors to this. That's the way it goes. Operation gridlock. And we're being used unbeknownst to, you know, you, you don't know this. You think, hey, I'm just building up, you know, friendships and this is it. So I want you to remember, what have we seen? Within three years, we've seen new judges that President Trump has appointment appointed everywhere. Even the circus court is being revamped. You know, the one that everyone ran to to file whatever they wanted. You have to remember that before the fall of 2017, way before that, way before, you know, QAnon appeared, Way before people were not aware or drawn or were able to see people talking to them, tweeting at them, Facebooking them, telling them about voter fraud, about, you know, arrests, about human trafficking rings being taken down, about all these mobsters, gangs, nothing. Well, you heard about it on tinfoil hat sites. <laughs> Turns out all the tinfoil hats were right. Because now we've had more pedophiles and child and human trafficking networks taken down in history. Look at how many resignations. Big CEOs. Board of directors reshaped. Professors at universities. I mean, everything and what you need to understand is though you want to see what you want to see, which is the shame, shame, walk of shame, it doesn't come out like that because the first thing we need to do is get rid of those that they have a hold of. These front liners, these foot soldiers, these drudges that the deep state has. So today I thought on an inspiration, I guess, because you know, Millie Weaver coaxes me into her, you know, studio with nice pot roasts. And, you know, I get really um uh, you know I I adore her. I and you know, I am so glad to have such a great friend. Uh, you know, but I get a little bit, you know, because when she puts on her reporter hat, I'm like damn. So <laughs> we had a really good talk and To her, I I laid it out pretty simple. And I've laid it out before. Well, she's laid it out before. And I thought today we can talk about the DNC hack. I thought we could talk about Seth Rich. Because I think people need to know exactly how that happened and um, what exactly happened. Because, you know, even though he tried to get it out, the question is how he got there. Now, I always use that story of um, redemption, that um, Saint Cyprianus that was like, you know, devil worshiper, commanded demons, and then he decided to follow the path of good and use the information he had to teach people about God and love, right? Right? And redemption is one of the biggest things. Sometimes you pay for it with your life when you try to redeem yourself. So we'll talk about that today. I'll walk you through what happened. And this is all about methods. Now, I've spoken about methods before, right? So methods are more important than being made, right? Because if people understand your MO, then they can predict everything, And for me, I can tell you that I'm going to talk to you about, and I've done this before over the past, you know, three years, about three different hacks. One, two, three. And you're going to see, wait a minute, how did I not see that? Well, I mean, what's the, what's the problem that we have is people in general, okay? In general. Is that we see good in everyone first. There is no way you're going to sit there and you're going to look at your cousin, your wife, your husband, and let alone your doctor, your, you know, whatever, your, your, your restaurant owner, your deli guy as a bad guy, right? You're not going to see them as a bad guy because you see people good first. So, no one's going to think, oh, the FBI director, oh, the CIA director are all out to get the people, right? You don't see that. That's not innate, right? It, it, it's, it's not the way human beings are. They believe in love. We believe in good, right? This is how we operate. So it's not your fault you didn't see it because, first of all, you haven't worked with them. And second of all, you believe in good first, you find it hard to believe that such evil things are happening around us. And you know what it is? It's about perspective. It's not looking for evil everywhere, but just looking everywhere, if that helps in any way. So before we walk into that timeline, I want to cover some current events. And. We'll, we're going to talk a little about about, you know, coronavirus, about China and about, again, New York PD. I mean, what's going on there? That's pretty insane. And how, you know, it's being discussed that Mueller should be subpoenaed, but we saw his demonstration. And obviously he's playing the senile card, too. So I thought we would start with a little bit of entertainment um, I actually admire Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone, if none of you have seen it yet, had a documentary done uh, through Showtime, I think it was, where he actually spent time with Vladimir Putin and had a candid interview. It was pretty interesting, and I urge you, you know, whenever you have time, go and go and see it. Like find it somewhere online and see it. It is a pretty incredible. Interview Now, Oliver Stone um, called out Hollywood because we know most of Hollywood isn't working because they're chained to their homes for X, Y, Z reasons and being canceled for the same. But they're also saying that they need therapists and coronavirus expert advisors in order to film. I mean, it's just really dumb. Take a listen to this
1: director Oliver Stone slamming what he calls Hollywood fragility. Speaking in a recent interview he says, and I'm quoting now, everything has become too fragile, too sensitive. Hollywood now? You can't make a film without a COVID advisor. You can't make a film without a sensitivity counselor. It is ridiculous, says Oliver Stone. And look who's here. Isaiah Washington, former Grey's Anatomy star and new Fox Nation host who's having a grand old time on this show right now. Isaiah, let me start with Oliver Stone. Uh, Do you think Hollywood has become even more politically correct in recent months than it was in
2: the past? You know, Hollywood is kind of one of those. uh, Those stubborn mules. I was I was a kid in high school. We used to have a mule saddling contest and you have to pull the mule out of the stall. and didn't want to be pulled out, start crying blood out of his eyes. That's how I see Hollywood right now. It's this stubborn mule that's crying bloody tears. And uh, I, don't, I don't understand. It makes no sense to me what Hollywood is doing. I really don't care what Hollywood is doing. I'm glad Olive Stone is out there still trying to make movies in the system. <laughs> but uh, I've already got partners that we're moving away from the system to be at the forefront to start a whole new system that's going to be anti-Hollywood. So I, I don't know what to say to him.
1: Oh, uh, I'd love to hear it. Really <laughs> that's Music yeah. to my ears. sir. So, uh, <laughs> absolute music to my ears. But I, I've I, already
2: I've already I've already started it with Kitchen Talk. So that gives you the yeah. indication that, you know, the people, the American people in the world are tired of the lies you know, I would just say to a friend of mine uh, this morning about he was so excited about uh, people texting him and letting him know that my show is on Fox Nation and uh, he's a Marine. And I just told him, I texted him, I said, you know, I've never I've never seen a war won or a starving enemy won over or a culture of people survive without good food. You know, i rather cooking. I'd rather cook and eat with you than kill you. <laughs> you know, so, like, I don't understand what Hollywood is doing, but I, I think I have a nice little answer, an alternative to yeah. say that, look, if you want to sit down and talk about it, but the, you know, on my show over a good meal and some wine, then let's do it. The you show. Know, I think that's much easier, It's much I, easier I, than killing each other.
1: Uh, look, I've not seen the show. Cause I know it's only just debuted, but you entertain interesting people. You sit with them, you cook with them, yeah. and you talk with them. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. food-cooking interview show. Have I got that right, Isaiah?
2: Uh, that's the structure. Yes, uh, the structure now, uh, as they have it have we discovered that it's, it's good to have, like, three recognizable faces, which we have uh, in various communities that are politically, you know, ideologies don't really come up in the show, as they shouldn't, because I'm actually having human-to-human conversation, human-to-human uh, uh, interaction.
0: Human-to-human interaction, so it shouldn't come up. Did you hear that? That is what he said. So I want you guys to think of that. So Hollywood is refusing to go in. They're getting all pansy. They're just like, oh, I need advisors. I need help. I need a psychologist to help calm me down because I'm worried about coronavirus, which is pretty insane. I mean, everywhere we go, everyone is complaining about coronavirus, that all these people are dying and all these things are happening. But lo and behold, President Trump has now said, okay, stop. We're having a problem with all of this uh, coronavirus. So there's a lot of misreporting and a lot of things that just don't seem right. Maybe you should stop sending your information to the CDC to (laughs) Fauci fraud. And send it to us. And that is a report by CNN showing their saltiness and just how upset they are about this.
3: The administration is ordering hospitals to bypass the CDC and send all patient information to HHS instead. This cuts out the CDC and may make this data much harder to access for the medical community. Joining us now, CNN chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Sanjay, we woke up to an op-ed from trade advisor Peter Navarro in USA Today, and Peter Navarro goes after Dr. Anthony Fauci point by point. We're not going to go into the substance of it because I'm not sure that's what's most important here. What's important is you have a White House official, clearly sanctioned by the White House, attacking the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. And given right now, the only questions we should be asking is, does it save American lives or cost American lives? How do you see that action this morning?
0: Wait a minute. So what he's saying is, if Health and Human Services, which is the federal component about health, have access to that information and not the CDC, and remember, I've told you this before, there are two CDCs. One was created by Congress and reports straight to them, and the other one is public slash private, and they get a lot of private funding too. So, you know, and they have some really curious agreements signed with the World Health Organization that we are no longer funding, like sharing data. Now that we're no longer funding them, have they been sharing information? I don't know. Have they been providing information, beefing information? I mean, here we were in March, right, in March, talking about it, where I was like, man... You know, you'll jump out of a plane and you have coronavirus. You get eaten by a shark, you have coronavirus. If you have anything, you have coronavirus. Now, news on this, just wanted to say, is that a vaccine has been found, apparently. Now, this vaccine, just so you understand how it works, is they inject you with uh, a form of RNA, remember, that's transcription. That is how it tells your body to make things, right? Stuff that we shouldn't be having in vaccines in general. And so what it does is it tells your body to make, uh, you know, to, to put markers that look like coronavirus. And then your body sees it and attacks it. So basically there's an immune response and that is what an autoimmune response. Have you ever gotten an allergy where, uh, you know, you start scratching and, and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to, or, you know, you have anaphylactic shock where your throat just closes up. I, I don't know if you've ever had an allergic reaction, but just so you know, that reaction is actually your body attacking your body. So this vaccine is telling your body, make these so they're attacked. And then once they're attacked and your body learns and, um, you know, um, identifies the virus, it can then have foot soldiers ready to go. And so that's what, you know, you find as they say in people that have gotten over coronavirus and that's why we want their blood plasma. So, uh, <laughs> here we are where they've created a way to, um, trick your body into creating these by giving it the software. And again, I've told you that, you know, Elon Musk with his Neuralink is doing it wrong. He needs to get with me. Well, no, he needs to get with, (laughs) with, uh, With a certain federal project that's probably super sealed, so here we are, where they found a vaccine that will artificially train your body to create, uh, you know, these uh, this response to it to attack it. Uh, If you noticed, uh, yesterday's the day before yesterday, where I let you see because the information was already out there. The problem that we have is that we don't listen anymore. We hear things. We don't we don't see things to comprehend as input. We just basically stare. We're not putting one and one together. We're not using all our senses together. And, you know, I kind of tried to walk you through this whole, you know, what these blood banks are doing and why they're doing it, kind of teeing up when we get into the whole clone discussion. So so that you understand. And when we talk about sustenance of youth, uh, you know, that's where we can have a better discussion once you've seen that. But if you remember in the video, there was a portion where they explained to you how certain blood types are susceptible to certain things and others aren't. So in uh, for a rule of thumb, even though the media is like, oh, no, don't listen, which is 100% correct, you see that people with an O blood type are less likely to have deadly effects by whatever virus they're putting out there and considering with all these quarantines from specific areas, There must be various strains that are being deployed and that should concern everyone. But take a listen to how they respond with the White House, uh, you know, saying don't send it to the CDC, which is also directly connected to all these global organizations. Just send it to us because for some reason we're not finding the answer. And um, I guess it would be considered for national security if you were to ask me.
4: Well, you know, I'm the medical correspondent for this network. This is no longer a medical story. I mean, this is this is a political story. I, I, I read the, the op-ed. Uh, it seems unseemly and dangerous, frankly. Not to mention, taking it a step further, uh, much of it is just wrong. I mean, I know you don't want to go through it point by point, but... You know, you you just make accusations that are wrong. You put it in an op-ed. I mean, it's not fact-checked. They say Fauci was against a a travel ban from China. Not true. Uh, uh, Peter Navarro still talking about hydroxy.
0: Well, speaking about op-ed that's not true, remember that anonymous New York Times op-ed? I'm just reminding you, the one scathing about the president.
4: Chloroquine, based on observational studies that were done after level one evidence has already been presented prompting the UK the NIH to stop their trials prompting the World Health Organization to stop their trials prompting the FDA to rescind an emergency use authorization you write all this stuff it's it's not true and it's designed to basically uh, undermine um, the, the the trust that people have in the guy who who knows this stuff better than anybody I think I think the one thing that you know complicates this is that
0: no nobody- Remember, Fauci was the one that was hiring or scouring the United States for single, single black American females that were pregnant and gave them AIDS medication that killed them because he lied to them and told them that they had AIDS. Remember, we did a whole show on that just so that you know who Fauci is. Nobody knew
4: everything at the very start about this novel coronavirus it's it's a novel coronavirus so you the idea that you know every single thing about it from the very beginning nobody knew that nobody in the world nobody in the planet i almost wish they didn't name it coronavirus because this is almost something completely different in some ways so that part is true but uh, the idea of undermining you know someone like fauci or undermining you know the faith in public health overall at this point is is ridiculous this is not new There has been this long battle against science, I think, that's been going on for for some time. Uh, But the urgency of the matter right now, people look at the numbers on the right side of the screen and and see what's happening politically, purely politically. It's not a medical story, I think is really dangerous.
0: Hey, Sanjay, we need to get your take on something else that is a development this morning that seems alarming. And that is that the Trump administration no longer wants hospitals to give their data of how many patients they have, of how what how many hospital beds, of the ventilators, how many patients are on them, to the CDC, they want that information to go to them at the HHS. So HHS within the Trump administration. And that data... Wait a minute. Did you hear how she said it? The HHS within the Trump administration. You mean the HHS that oversees all health and human services in the United States. They're claiming that President Trump is politicizing it. Are we listening to their words? They are politicizing it. So now you have to ask yourself, why wouldn't they trust the federal agencies that they've been telling us to trust all this time and saying that we should give it to this organization that corroborates with all these other nations around the world that have been doing nothing but not providing data? Which is now public through the CDC would not, be public via HHS. And that means that the, the information the modelers use, the information that I assume you use, the information that we report, the information that allows us to see all of that on our screen, on the side of our screen, this feels like something bad, a shift that is for less transparency. How do you see it?
4: Yeah, I think it's gonna to lead to, to more opaqueness. I mean, I, I can tell you that from the beginning, you know, what we were doing uh, as journalists, I'm talking early days, January, February, as we would go uh, literally we had a whiteboard and we had every department of health listed on that whiteboard and we were you know changing the numbers every day by ourselves at some point we were told look all this information is now going to go via CDC frankly that that transition took a little longer than we would have liked to actually have the numbers now coming from a single organization many times we'll still go to DOH department of health information in various states like Florida like Texas like Arizona California just to validate these numbers there are independent Trackers like Johns Hopkins has been doing a lot of that. But but why? That, that, that's, that's the big question. What, what logic does this have other you know to, to take away the data from the epidemiologists of the, that are the best in the world at looking at this data, making sense of it, translating it for people, uh, versus giving it to HHS? I, you know, I, I don't know what what the justification for that is, but we do have the world's best agency.
0: And they keep claiming John Hopkins. So let's take a pause and talk about something outside of coronavirus when it comes to John Hopkins. So back in 1986, I was a kindergartner. (laughs) Uh, Or was I? Well, no, it was 1985 that I was identified. So in 1986, I was in elementary school and John Hopkins had a program in New York to collect children from their schools uh, that they identified as smart and or that had some, I don't know, that were smart, period. Uh, Because I did pretty well uh, on, you know, they used to issue IQ tests. I was a student at the Judge Charles J. Valone School. And, um, you know, they would bus us to places, to high schools or local colleges in the city of New York, Uh, to take classes uh, and do things with computers. So this is John Hopkins, where children were supposedly, you know, uh, from what they would tell our, you know, parents, and from what I I remember, um, there was one girl in my school that was also identified. Um, She was from... uh, I don't remember, I think she was, she lived in the projects. Uh, she was, you know, always a scanty. She, um, she actually coughed up like this big chunk of lung once. I was like, whoa. Um, anyway, she was very sick, but uh, she would come as well. And what we were doing uh, was math, if I remember correctly. Um, cause it was so long ago, uh, we were interacting with a box and uh, we were learning things like putting shapes together and it, it was fun and then they'd bus us right back to our regular school uh, throughout uh, elementary and middle school um, it was pretty bizarre if you think about it now where were they taking all these children to go I was one of those children where I was you know identified as gifted and you know uh, math. If I remember, or I remember that was what was being told to my teacher that, okay, we're here to get her so she can go to her advanced math. And, you know, we're sitting there still learning how to spell and, and do cursive. We used to do that. Right. And, um, I'd be upset because I wanted to see this cute, um, boy at lunch. <laughs> and I would never see that cute boy at lunch because they kept taking me out. But, um, that's John Hopkins. So John Hopkins has many faces, many, many faces leading in much research. Uh, a person that I had been following for a while, Dr. Bonnie Bassler. She was a genius. Uh, she, um, uh, was, she believed that bacteria talk to each other and a lot of people mocked her. Uh, until she actually discovered it like provable and that was through um some uh, you know deep water sea creature that looks like a jellyfish and saw that um you know she that that all these bacteria would gather together in the gut of this um jellyfish and when they knew they were in a significant amount of numbers, they would glow so that this deep sea creature could see. So John Hopkins then grabbed onto her. Now I know her research very well because, uh, you know, I, tr- I attached myself to the laboratory for a couple weeks. Uh, To discover quorum sensing, that's what it's called, and uh, read into it a little bit more as I was uh, trying to figure out why, uh, you know, plant cells and bacterial cells meet in certain circumstances. And, uh, you know, that is you know, where I delved into her research. And that's a paper that I should publish one day, you know, guys, because I figured that out, right? That agrobacterium tumefaciens, you know, or what is the cause of crown galls isn't because it's an infection, it's because it's miscommunication, it's a cat call. It's like, hey, you know, the tree saying ouchies. Hey, I need to recruit some cells in my body of this tree, you know, in my roots to fix it because ouchie and that ouchie signal sounds like, Hey, come get me big boy to this bacteria and the bacteria comes and they start, you know, propagating. That's exactly what crown galls are. You know, that cauliflower thing you see on a tree and I, and I, and I was the one that put that together, uh, after, you know, going to her lab, I just haven't published the paper and I know my, my old, um, professor who's leading in uh, plant pathology has been like, why haven't you published that yet? So these, this is what this university does. It collects great ideas and great people and from any age. Let's just be clear on who John Hopkins is. And you remember when this whole coronavirus thing happened, just how they were fudging numbers
4: at actually handling this data that is now seemingly going to be out of the loop it may force us journalists to go straight to the departments of health again as we had to do in the past it's a laborious task but that you know it's adding another layer of opacity to the whole thing
0: wait a minute did you hear that oh we as journalists now have to go to a federal authority and ask for information like wait a minute so what When it was at the CDC, what, did you have an office there? Did you just hang out? Was it coffee talk around a thing? Was there no process to make sure the information that they provide you with your fancy numbers up there showing all these cases and all these deaths and, you know, how we have less population than China, but for some reason we have more deaths makes absolutely zero sense, you know. This is what their complaint is. Oh, no. Now we have to go through the federal government. There's no leaking or advanced knowledge.
3: We talk about the developments overnight in terms of the spread of the virus. People can see the daily death count, 136,000 deaths total, 900 new deaths, 11 states showing record hospitalizations. And, Sanjay, you were just talking about the models and the ability to model the IHME model, which is the model that most people have been looking at. uh, They came out with a new forecast overnight. Suggesting, and I think I have this right, 220,000 deaths that we can expect by November at this point, which is a big jump in their modeling. Why?
4: Yeah, I mean, this is um, for for all the reasons you guys have been talking about on the on the program for some time. There's significant surges in several states, you know, Florida, Texas, Arizona, and California. But you know, as we look at the model, there's there's a longer list of states that are being affected as well: Louisiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, Nevada, New Mexico, South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah. I mean, you know, I think it was probably a few weeks ago we said if you look at the map overall, the country. Um, there, there really is no place that you could say is no longer vulnerable here. So, you know, we're paying attention to several states that have had the most significant surges. These are large states, but smaller states that I think, uh, you know, have sort of been, uh, wondering if they, if they dodged a lot of this, um, they're now starting to get affected and, and the modeling is starting to reflect that overall. I mean, obviously you look at the map, it does not look good. And, you know, as you, you measure this, you know, week to week really, because it's a, a rolling average. Uh, it's, it's, I think it doesn't even reflect how, how significant the situation has become because you may have a significant surge one week and then a slight drop and it looks like you're improving, but overall
0: Okay, let's stop it right there. So we know that in Florida some laboratory was busted for reporting 98% positives when it should have been 9.8%. That was pretty wild. It seems that if you're looking at their map, right, and if you're a liberal, you're going to be really, really terrified. Terrified to walk outside. Like I've, I've seen people like that. And I feel bad for them to have to live like that is no life to live. Take a listen to Anderson Cooper. By the way, you know, they were really, really upset. Did you see Acosta? So ludicrous, you know, uh, you know, how the president spoke. Acosta was having like, you know, a toddler fit. Take a listen to Anderson Cooper's comments here on what the president had to say.
5: 36,000 dead in this country due to the coronavirus pandemic, the president of the United States today stepped into the Rose Garden and tried to turn into one of those political rallies that he can no longer do because of the pandemic. For the better part of an hour, he railed against China, the Democrats, and Joe Biden. He lashed out at the World Health Organization, the Paris Climate Accords, energy-saving air conditioners, statue vandals. It went on and on, the president at times sounding like he was reading a list or a litany. At other moments, he just seemed to free associate. He talked about all the bombers under his command and said, quote, hope we don't have to use them and boasted of things he did three years ago with the wall, undocumented immigrants, all the old applause lines. But there was no applause, only silence, because this wasn't some stadium packed full of supporters who'd come to jeer and cheer and bask in the glow of this artificially tan man. His meandering scream.
0: And yet he's not artificially tanned He's artificial in every single way. God rest your sibling soul and Anderson. So here we are just attacking. This is the news. This is a variety channel, not the news, right? This is not news. This is definitely not news. And this man has to restate, Hey, we've done all this. I've gotten this accomplished, even though a lot of you can't see it because look at what they've done to us. They've pulled every card that they could possibly think. Only one is Aliens, which, by the way, saw one of those green f- fireball meteors uh, last night as I was uh, leaving uh, Millie's studio late last night, um, which is interesting. Uh, you know, asteroid, comet fragment. I don't know. But that's the only card they haven't pulled. Aliens.
5: Reid was not close to anything one would normally expect or accept of a president. But that shouldn't surprise us that he chose to do it in the Rose Garden, just steps away from the Oval Office. That, too, should not surprise us either. That's how numb we are. We listen to this man muse and meander, rant and regurgitate the same tired tropes and untruthful claims. We watch him boast and brag and preen and do that odd thing with his nose when he sucks in air very loudly, and none of it surprises us. That is how far we have fallen. More than 136,000 of
0: have you guys, are you guys listening to the hate? that's coming? Oh, he's sucking air really loudly from his nose. It's like, um, you're supposed to be news. Look at his face, freeze frame. So angry, so upset.
5: Of Our brothers and sisters, our moms and dads, grandparents and friends are dead. The president did briefly mention them, but only to boast about how many more people would have died had it not been for his actions. He calls it leadership, but to call it that would be misleading. The largest single peacetime loss of life in this country since the 1918 influenza pandemic and no end in sight. And today the president was taking another victory lap yet again. The graves are still fresh, but this president ignores them. And he spreads more falsehoods and standing apart from so many others, opponents and supporters alike, including within his own circle, who are now beginning to face reality. So before we play you some of what he had to say from the biological bunker he lives in where everyone is tested and wears masks to protect him, here are some quick dispatches from the real world that you should hear.
6: I do think the fall and the winter of 2020 and 2021 are gonna be the, probably one of the most difficult times that we've experienced in American public health. Keeping the healthcare system from being overstretched, I think it's really gonna be important and the degree that we're able to do that, I think, uh, will
7: define uh, how well we get through the fall and winter. I was CDC
0: Director Robert Redfield. Who's no longer needed? Your services are no longer needed, Mr. Robert Redfield. By the way, how many of you have gotten messages from your churches and your local establishment saying that, oh, the level has changed? Because I got a text this morning from my church that says, we're returning to yellow phase, meaning we are allowed 25 individuals in church, including the father cantor, altars and a couple of PC members. You must be under the age of 65 to enter the church. Please call the church office to sign up ahead of time to attend divine liturgy. How many of you are getting that? Yeah. Cause now they're ramping it up. They want you to be in fear. They're upset that they no longer have access Uh, to information on tap as they wish. So now they're taking it to the next phase. The next phase is governors taking control and demanding that certain people can't enter their states. That's the new one. Uh, They are now dictating what states and from where. Here's Cuomo. Remember, Cuomo, who killed so many of our elderly. I wrote an article about it, how he was sending people that were COVID-positive Two nursing homes with body bags accompanying them. So for every person he would send, he would send three to four bags. You know, the nursing home reported on it. I have all that information on there. It's not, oh, we're just exaggerating. This is fact. Let's get But he's
8: billing it as a drastic move to stop the spread. If you leave the airport without providing the information... You will receive a summons immediately. Starting today, officers will meet passengers at New York airports. Those coming from 22 states designated as COVID hotspots now need to fill out these forms from the health department providing contact information or face a $2,000 fine. The state had already imposed a two-week quarantine for those travelers like El Hathaway of California, who's returning to Syracuse University next
9: month. They're trying to figure out a way to work with the governor and figure out like a safe, effective way because realistically they know kids are not going to be able to come back like two weeks
8: early. But with tens of thousands of people traveling here every day, can this actually be enforced? Last month, Governor Cuomo announced up to a $10,000 fine if a person entered the state without quarantining and spread the virus. So far, no fines have been issued in New York City. Months ago, Texas imposed its own 14-day quarantine for travelers from the Northeast. But today, Texas officials told NBC News they did not cite anyone, just conducted random spot checks.
4: Just by the sheer number of people that we would need to enforce
10: this around the clock, 24-7, we just don't have that type of staffing.
8: Still, after three people returned to Warren County, New York, from a vacation in Florida and tested positive, 46 residents are now on lockdown and being monitored.
6: We have eight active cases of the coronavirus. If we had 200 active cases, it gets a whole lot harder and a whole lot more labor intensive.
8: The governor's office says travelers driving from hotspots must fill out the form online. Again, it's not clear how that will be enforced.
2: Hey, NBC News fans, thanks.
0: What, how it will be enforced. So how are you going to enforce if you drive to another state uh, to have someone fill out a form, hey by the way i 'm traveling sounds like what my mother told me she every time they have to leave their home in Greece, they have to text the government uh, one of the options so they have like this little card and it says if you you know text the number one, it means that you 're going to a relative's house number two you 're going shopping number three you 're going for a walk where you 're not going to be in contact with people and things like that. That's insane, man. That you have to say, by the way, hey, I'm just going to go shopping. Click. And then they tell you, yes, approved or no, disapproved. What? This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make this normal. Remember, the whole idea from the sunrise movement, as Millie Weaver put out, was the trigger event, the chaos, and then, you know, this peak, and then the new normal. So that is it, the new normal. normal. so that is what is insane that they are teeing it up and getting it ready now schools some schools most of the schools have come out with oh we're gonna have like hybrid programs the kids are gonna be at a less capacity Uh, they're not gonna be talking they're gonna be at a distance they have to wear masks and uh, then they're gonna be doing it online then others are just just do it full online when most of these teachers don't even know how to teach um You know, so this is nuts, but I want you guys to know the new normal phrase is totally their phrase, but we have to understand that the normal that you believed existed before was never really normal. It was horrible. You were asleep. You were sleepwalking. They were doing all these things right under your nose and you had no idea, none. Now. Here's a little thing that I listened to that kind of took me back and I was like, Mmm. So to close out this hour I thought we could discuss the rising crime and the NYPD before we head into John Brennan, Seth Rich, and all these hacks.
11: Eric Adams held up two little baby shoes of a one-year-old and talked about uh, the latest victim of gun violence, and he called on the mayor to bring back the 1,600 man and woman force of the anti-crime unit that might have been able to prevent a shooting like this. Will he listen? Well,
10: first of all, Eric is absolutely right. I mean, that was was one of the critical five or six drastic mistakes de, de Blasio made. That unit, I started that unit. It was originally called the street crime unit. They're the people who straightened out of uh, Times Square for me. They're the people who straightened out Harlem and Bedford-Stuyvesant. And their expertise was taking guns from people because gun control was meaningless, right? Bad people don't control their guns. So you have to devise a strategy to do it. We devised a strategy called Stop, Question and Frisk. Uh, before I left office, it was held constitutional by Eric Holder and by Janet Reno. I convinced them it was constitutional. I limited it to hundred, 100,000 per per year, it went all the way up to 600,000 and they started to make a lot of mistakes. I also suggest bringing back the constitutional Terry stops because you you have to take the guns from them. They're not going to go sign a registration form and they're not going to turn it in. So you have to find a legal way and Terry versus the United States provides it, but then you got to make out all the paperwork and be very careful, which is why you have to limit it to 100,000. You can't go to 600,000, which is what destroyed it. But you've got to get those guns and you've got to do it quickly. So I bring back the anti-crime unit. I would, I sure as heck be in the Comstat room right now. And I'd be there all night trying to figure out where the hot spots are and redeploying exactly the right police officers at exactly the right time. I don't know if de Blasio stays up at night. I, I know he gets up, he gets up very, very late in the morning. But and I don't know if you would understand Comstat, but if you get someone who does. I devised it with Bill Bratton and Ed Maple. And I was there very often when we had a serial killing Mm -hmm. and would cut it down to two rather than ten. It's a very, very, it's a very simple program. You just watch where the crimes are. They're obviously now very much concentrated in northern Brooklyn. And you put the right police officers there. Most of those right police officers.
0: Northern Brooklyn, where all the granola munchers are. And you know, you know how he said you watch where the crimes are? Do you remember back in 2018 and 2019 where I would tell you, I want you to stand on the moon and look at the heat map. You can see where the tension aggregates. You can see where it's going to come from. You can see it build up. You can see that energy build like a heat map. If you take a step back, if you remove yourself, that is exactly what he's describing. If you want to fix this problem, you need to take a step back. You don't need to look at spreadsheets. You need to be like, whoosh, okay, so it's coming from there. So what is there that is causing the surge there, aside from granola munchers, you know, with Birkenstocks?
10: Officers are in the unit that he disbanded, which right. makes no sense. He's also got a he has to, he has to support the police. They don't trust him. They haven't trusted him since the assassinations of the two officers in Brooklyn when he called the police department racist and the guy came right. all the way from Baltimore and killed New York City policeman, a New York City policeman. So they don't trust right. him. He's got to get their trust back. He has to tell them, look, I know you have to make tough decisions. I'll support you if you're Right. I'm not just going to turn you over to the wolves. If you do something like what happened in Minneapolis, I'm going to see you go to jail for the rest right, of your life.
0: Look, here's the thing. The New York Police Department, here we have the union president blasting the city's liberal leaders. Listen to what he says. And it's like. Here with
10: more. Fox News contribute
0: grandstanding Hannity come on man Sean you should have done better you should have told him no why don't you have everybody stay home that's the only way we're going to get things done that is exactly what should have been said this is what we should all be saying hey police are your hands tied then tell them you're not showing up to work let them deal with the problem but instead we've got white glove things like Tribute this to Lawrence
10: Jones Lawrence I got a lot of reaction that was a heartbreaking interview last night I thought about it all here we go
3: Pat, 18 people were shot last night. Why? Because the city has given our streets back. When I say the city, our city council, our mayor's office, and the state legislature have handcuffed police officers and given the streets back to the criminal. Remember, just a few short years ago.
0: Okay, why is he saying that? Why isn't he doing something about it? This is it. We can all cry and you know complain when things are unfair the bottom line is what are you doing to fix it what are you doing to fix it you have a president that will back you to, like nobody's business why isn't larence jones you know asking him well how are you going to fix this lynch let's see how we're going to fix it. lynch should be like hey everybody don't go to work you're all sick all of you phone in sick you want to see how quick things shift What is he going to do? Ask for the National Guard? Ask for federal aid? The bottom line is these governors that are causing this chaos, releasing criminals, and causing all this harm to their people are going to have to file bankruptcy. This is what they're avoiding. They're creating chaotic situations to get federal aid to assist them with the chaotic situations.
3: To go to city was out of control. Police officers literally took our street corners back block by block because our leadership asked us to, and we presented these neighborhoods back to the good, hard-working people that were in them. Well this administration decided that's not good, they demonized police officers, they've changed the rules where it's impossible to do our job, and the criminals take advantage of that. When a criminal hears from City Hall, there's going to be a soft touch on crime. They know exactly what that means.
0: And what is lynch doing about it he's complaining about it he's like oh this is a problem he's making it known that it's a problem all right you're covering yourself you're telling everyone how upset you are i get it i'm all for it but what are you doing about it it's about what are you doing about it this is what where you have to put your foot down and say you know what hey i'm the president of the police benevolent i tell all of you just down a bottle of miralax <laughs> nobody goes to work Do you know how fast that fixes it? Super fast. Because if the police aren't there within five minutes, there will be chaos and the president will be waiting on the sidelines. That's his hometown. It's mine too. I have family that live there. I have friends that live there. I grew up there. You think I want to see it torched? They want to go out and get some food. They can't. They're relying on drivers who God knows what some drivers do with your food. Have you heard about that? We'll get to that at another time. But this is the problem, you guys. We need the police to do something, not say, well, we can't do it. Stop putting your paycheck for 24 hours in consideration and think about it this way. All of you, when where we go one, we go all. That is what the police have to say. So if we walk out, we all walk out and watch the things just happen magically and everything just comes into focus. On that note, I am breaking for radio commercials right now. I will see you guys back in exactly five minutes. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. This is hour two. And in this hour, you will understand methods. The only way to see and break free from this Truman show that you are in, and you are one of the actors and you are watching, is to understand so that way you can see it yourself and see just how everything seems to go. Now, uh, you know, one thing that you have to understand is methods. How do uh, things that we are seeing unfolding in our nation right now, crazy things, things that you're just like, wait a minute, this isn't real, this can't be happening, Uh, cannot be happening at all, right? How are we having our cities on fire? How are we locked in our homes? How are we, how is this even happening? Well, it's because the one thing that the Democrats and the party of the ruling class, because this is what uh, they believe they are, they know best because they control mankind, is to use cults, cults and organized groups. So I've mentioned that before many times, how they uh, hijack hijack your reality because they use cults. I mean, I had a whole show about how, you know, the Democrats had come and, and risen about Carter used cults. You know, the Jonestown people that committed suicide and then, you know, this congressman was shot and, you know, the mayor, uh, you know, of San Francisco shot, you know, and then Feinstein becomes mayor on that. You know, it's the Jim Jones cult from Indiana. Come on. That was a cult. What else do they use? They use gangsters like mobsters like MS-13 and you know a lot of people are going to be like well MS-13 you know they're Mexican they're this they're that and it's Mexico's problem let me tell you something and I'll reiterate it remember James Comey was on the board of HSBC yes the former director of the FBI was on the board of HSBC and HSBC was found to have been funding and money laundering for MS-13 So you understand, while Comey is going through many, many things right now, because there have been pillows fluffed and new scratchy blankets sent off to Guantanamo Bay right now, waiting for them, his higher loyalty has failed him. As he sits and ponders in trees and applies for citizenship in New Zealand, I can tell you one thing. (laughs) That we look at everything else. Oh my gosh, did I just get super stuff? Thank you so much. I just saw that because I saw it on the on the YouTube page. Thank you. Now, I want you guys to know that what we do is investigate them. Because a lot of people are like, how is Christopher Ray still in the FBI? Well, how do you find the anthill? I mean, at some point, they're going to communicate. At some point, you're going to see them take a paper out of the stack and kind of shred it. You know, you have to see their moves, and work back. So what have we been doing with Comey? We've been working back. And lo and behold, we've got animals. But, you know, I was waiting for this announcement to come uh, actually tomorrow, and I'm surprised that it came out today, uh, where MS-13, one of the leaders, was actually charged with terrorism. That's right, terrorism. And you're going to be like, well, they're gangsters. What do you mean terror? Organized terrorism, which means he was funded or hired and or acted in a way to instill terrorism hijack people just terrorism here's the president talking about it
11: talking about that next week and probably have an announcement as to what we're planning to do to help them they're supposed to be asking for help and they don't want to ask, so maybe they're proud or maybe they think it's bad politically, but we can't have happen what's happening. But we're here today to provide an update on my administration's all-out campaign to destroy MS-13, a vile and evil gang of people. We've just concluded a historic operation leading to the arrest and indictment of dozens of savage MS-13 members and leaders all across the country. So this is something that's taken place over the last few days. I want to thank attorney general barr for doing a great job in many ways many ways not just here acting secretary of homeland security wolf and fbi director ray for joining us today and we'll be discussing uh, a little bit about what we did and where we're going but ms13 has been a problem for our country for a long time we've taken them out by the thousands While radical left-wing politicians have fought to open borders and welfare for illegal aliens, my administration has fought for safe streets. We want security for our people. We want the rule of law. We want law and order. In the last three years, ICE has deported over 16,000 gang members and arrested over 2,000 members of MS-13. Think of those numbers. 16,000 and arrested over 2,000 members of MS-13. We've also deported a lot of the MS-13s out of our country. This week's actions by the Joint Task Force Vulcan is the most recent offense to, we really, this has been a big offensive in my administration's war on foreign gangs, of which we came into this administration and we said, what's going on? We had gangs from countries that you wouldn't believe. More than 20 of the criminals we indicted and arrested in the past seven days were illegal aliens. Yesterday, for the first time ever, the Eastern District of Virginia, thank you very much, indicted MS-13 leaders on charges of terrorism. So we have the MS-13 leader on charges of terrorism, and that's a first. Is that correct? Yes, Yes,
0: ma'am. On terrorism. So to be a terrorist, you have to be funded to enact certain activities. Now I'm going to skip forward to where William Barr shows you where the hot spots are. And then I want you to just say, wait a minute, hot spots? these are pretty expected and unexpected.
6: ...that have come into the United States illegally. They're virtually all illegal aliens. They come in now, uh, although it's harder to get across the border, but traditionally they've come across the border into Houston and then fanned out across the United States into different centers of activity. Today we were talking with the president about three actions we took. Uh, Melgar Diaz... Uh, was indicted in the Eastern District of Virginia. First time we've used terrorism charges against a member of MS-13. He was responsible for activities in 13 states, 20 cliques in the United States. He was also the person who would greenlight assassinations in the United States. The orders come from El Salvador, or the request to assassinate people go down to El Salvador, and he would greenlight the hit. We also uh, took down uh, this uh, was a, an HSI case uh, in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, we took down uh, the Hollywood uh, click.
0: So I want to tell you something. Las Vegas. That is where the hub is for all trafficking victims. Uh, so from the indigenous tribes that we have, you know, Native Americans and those that are up in Canada, they get funneled through places like Belcourt and then they get hustled down to Vegas. Uh, very big El Salvadorian, uh, you know, gang presence in Montana and North Dakota that are the mules uh, to funnel these uh, women. So these uh, Las Vegas is a very, very big uh, spot uh, you know, we did ma- mention the Vegas shooting uh, in a recent interview that I said, yeah, I can't talk about that yet.
6: Which operated not only in uh, Nevada, but also in California and in the Eastern District of New York, again, Long Island. And we took down 21 members and the leadership uh, of that uh, organization. And then finally, these are the New York uh, uh, Inditees. And then finally, uh, I, I announced that we are going to seek the death penalty uh, against Alexei Sains, uh, who is a, a leader uh, in, in the Eastern District of New York, a leader of MS-13 there. The president made a trip to Brentwood, New York. Uh, Uh, earlier in his administration, and he met with the families of victims that had been killed by MS-13, including the family of two young girls who were butchered with machetes. And uh, the person that we are seeking the death penalty against uh, was involved in those murders, as well as the uh, murder of two African Americans who who they just saw on the street and thought they were from a rival gang and just butchered. So uh, those are the actions we're taking. There's more coming as we can uh, target the leadership of MS-13. We're working very closely with the El Salvadorians on this. They've been very cooperative. And we have, MS, uh, we have uh, uh, the HSI and the, the FBI uh, with uh, operations down in, in El Salvador.
11: In past administrations, uh, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala did not cooperate with the United States at all. They wouldn't let us bring people back. And under this administration, a long time ago, almost my, I would say my second or third day, I said that's not going to work.
0: They- and let's talk about that for a second. We don't need to listen to the full thing, but let's talk because we want to get into other stuff too. But you know. Uh, today, I saw Matt Couch tweet out how the National Guard is setting up these gulags and they're rounding people up with COVID. Now, under that guise, I want you to understand, is it really just, you know, isolation for people or is it a roundup? Because we all know Little Rock. And uh, I don't know if you guys follow MilSecOps. He follows helicopters. Uh, that, that's pretty interesting too as to what's been going on there. So I want you guys to to think when, when you, oh, no one's, nothing's happening. Everything's happening. Everything is happening. It's happening under your nose. But again, we have lost the ability to see. We have lost the ability to see. So before we get into the methods, we really need to listen to this because it's really important. And it is talking about subpoena, a subpoena for Mueller. Devin Nunes, who I really like, put this out. Take a listen. This is Interesante.
12: Last night saying that the Mueller team tried to pressure him to implicate Trump in the FBI's probe in exchange for leniency. Let's welcome House Intelligence ranking Republican Devin Nunes of California. Great to have you back on Congressman Senator Lindsey Graham wants to call in Mueller for testifying uh, to testify. What did you think of Roger Stone? Do you think you think Mueller's going to answer to that?
7: Well, I want to go back to the time where the Mueller team began to investigate both Roger Stone and somebody named Jerome Corsi. I said at the time that that was where the Mueller team had hit rock bottom. There was no evidence that Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi knew anything. Anybody who knows those guys, they're political gadflies. They've been around politics for, for many, many years, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, they just made the fatal mistake of getting involved in the Trump campaign, And then the FBI working with the Clinton campaign uh, essentially became corrupt and then targeted these poor guys. So the Mueller team knew there was no evidence of collusion when it was stood up originally. And I just want to say something about the Mueller uh, investigation and Mueller testifying before the Senate. Mueller should be subpoenaed. If I was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, that subpoena would have went out a week ago. Uh, Mueller didn't know what the hell was going on, didn't even know his own report. Uh, And I will say that if he wrote that, I mean, he's a miraculous writer. For someone who didn't even know what was in his report a year ago, to write something like that and put it in the Washington Post within hours of the commutation of the sentence, it's quite amazing, isn't it?
0: You mean the media just gets things done? We're going to kind of talk about that. Now, I posted a comment on the screen for those that are watching from YouTube. Thank you, Lady Trans. And um, it says, Mueller's right hand need brought down. Weissman. Okay. So Weissman, Andy Weissman, we know, we know. Such a corrupt little comment, but let's, let's remember something. Andy Weissman was also in the Enron scandal. Now, for those of you that have been following me for a while, you know that I tickled Enron in 2019, and I simply sent a letter to the courts in Ohio asking why the case from 2001 was dormant, and, you know, there were orders to put things in in respects to, to Enron. Remember, they come back to Ohio, Enron, Ohio, linked with Minneapolis, of course. Twin City, duplicity. Um, so uh, I would want you to understand that um, Weissman, the lawyer, is who I'm speaking of, he was also part of, of the Enron scandal and one of the attorneys on the Enron case supporting the Clinton Energy Foundation. Now, there's probably tweets out there where I've put screenshots. I'll look for them uh, you know, after 4 p.m. Eastern time and see if I can retweet them uh, because every person, every state – Secretary of State, in your state, you can look up Clinton Energy Management, Clinton Energy, whatever, and you'll see that the address they state is the same address in Texas as Enron. So, anyway, I tickled the court in Ohio, and what happened? Within two weeks, they had put a motion to just close the case. So, all this time, it was dormant. Rather than send me information, they closed and sealed the case, period. That was very interesting. So there's a lot happening. People are just not seeing it. And when people put in questions and tickle things or itch at a scab, whoop, this has been missed, right? Suddenly things start to happen. Right, Christopher Ray. He didn't look very comfortable today, did he? So just listen to what else Nunez says, because here they're talking about entrapment, but we all know who we're talking about. Bob Mueller who in Boston wrongfully charged people with crimes, he boxed them in, who as uh, a director of the FBI under Bush was handing out national security letters like they were candy. And a national security letter isn't just a gag order. It's like if you tell the person next to you After getting this notification and saying, whoa, they just told me I can't talk about X, Y, Z. You go to jail. That's how tight they are. And he was spanked for that. So we're talking about a bully. We're talking about, uh, you know, what, what were the dirty, hairy type tactics? This is not an honorable guy.
12: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, the critics are saying, why did not Robert Mueller and his team investigate this? It's a story we've been reporting. Now, a court in Great Britain, documents released on that court reveal that Hillary Clinton knew as early as July 2016 that her campaign, yes, did hire Christopher Steele to put, toge- to put together that now thoroughly discredited Trump-Russia opposition research that Hillary's campaign and Democrats bought to fight the 2016 election if she lost.
0: Remember, that dossier came from Ukraine.
12: But then the FBI used it to get FISA wiretaps to spy on the Trump team. So where does Mueller stand on that?
7: Well, look, I think that's a, the bigger question here is, you know, Roger Stone. I mean, he's going to fight this and he may get off on whether he, or not he lied to Congress. So it was only a commutation. It wasn't a pardon. Uh, I want to say that there are so many people that lied, including the people that were on Mueller's own team. Uh, including the fact that you have the lovebirds who started this investigation, who was on the Mueller team. Mueller never told us, refused to give us the text messages. Uh, That whole Mueller team uh, should be investigated. I believe they are being investigated. If you look at what they've done with General Flynn, we have a U.S. attorney out of Missouri. That's what has led to the dismissal of the charges against Flynn. I know we have a corrupt uh, judge in that case. And it looks like, you know, maybe we have something similar in this case where we had the jury foreman who clearly hated Trump. I mean, how do you have a jury foreman in charge? How would Any American, put yourself in those shoes. Uh, we have a two-tiered justice system in this country, and it's gotta stop. Uh, I plead with these justices on the, that are Democrats, you gotta stop, you can't let your party uh, go these socialists.
0: We shouldn't be pleading with anyone, this is key, anyone that sits on a bench to be impartial and leave politics out. We shouldn't be pleading with them. Their job is to interpret the law and apply the law with blind justice. Now, jury foreman tainted. Are you kidding? Not just them. Have you seen the others? All of them were intelligence contractors. Roger Stone's commutation, like I even told Roger Stone, is going to take down everything. And unfortunately, you know, he did work with the people that actually created that Well, not created. Stole that software from the creator, and then deployed it. So the magic wheel is no magic. You can't randomly select numbers. Uh, uh, Expose that I did with Millie Weaver showed that uh, a non, not anonymously, randomly uh, shuffling votes via a computer is never random. It needs a key. It needs a random key which means you set parameters for it but nobody knows the parameters that's why all the votes fall in the trap door they get shuffled and then they come out and they get counted this is the same thing all the jury people's information goes in and what they do is they compile profiles who will give you a guilty verdict they exclude everyone that has no possibility to give a guilty verdict. Then they give a room of, I don't know, uh, you know, fifty people to pick for a jury. All fifty of them are highly likely to provide you a guilty verdict, and then you pick your panel. You're stuck. You're done. You're n- there's no randomness, especially when it comes to a computer. You can't say, "I'd like a random number," because a computer can't just pick a number even your brain when someone says pick a number any number 1 to 100 you think about it you think lucky numbers you think the last number you thought sometimes you don't even know you're thinking about it there's no such thing as random in mathematics ever so random let's talk about coincidences so let's talk about hillary clinton Mm -hmm. Should we start? Let's go all the way back. Let's go back, back, back to 12 years ago. A little over 12 years ago. I get a phone call from my old boss. Hey, Tori. Uh You're going to be in D.C. uh, looking at these things. Can you drop by to the State Department and I'm going to send you, uh, you know, documentation to find the right computer terminal that I'm going to ask you to. And I need you to download all the travel and passport information of this list of people that you're going to get. I'm like, all right, sure. Where do I get the hard drives? Oh, just go to the facilities, blah, blah, blah. You know, show him, you know, this and, you know, so I go and then I tell the guy, no, I don't want one, I want two, because if something happens and it's a corrupt drive, because we reuse those, right? They get sanitized and reused, uh, you know, when they're transport drives. Just give me two of them so that I have, <sighs> just in case. So there goes little me. Hey, who are you? and in your business. And then I look at the computers because they have like these little barcodes. And so I go to the computer that was on the barcode. I scan the barcode, and I'm like, yep, that's the right one. So I log in with the credentials that were given and sit there, and I connect the device, the the hard drive, and I sit there, and I'm like picking through information within the State Department, which had passport data, all passport data, travel data, and other things. So I pick the files that I was told to pick, and um, migrated them to the drive. Then what I did was I used uh, the other drive and did the same thing. Uh, Always great to have a backup. And then I uh, go down uh, to an office behind the White House and I hand it over, and that was it. And I said, I left the other drive uh, at the State Department in blah, blah, blah compartment, and that was it. Well, the compartment was pretty, (laughs) Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, whatever. Did you get it? Yes. Here it is. You know, weeks later, it's like this big breaking news. Oh my gosh! Passport data for Hillary Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama, and 130 somewhat celebrities stolen and hacked from the you know contracting company. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Um, I got that stuff. It wasn't hacked. What happened there? So, uh, you know, it was like, uh, what is going on here? How is this even happening? How is, how, how are they saying that, you know, there was hacking of this data? So, it was insane because there was no hack. I was like, hack. What's going on? What's going on, Brennan? Why are they saying that your company was responsible for this hack? You know, tack, right? So I'm like, all right, what? The, whatever. I can't talk about it. Sit on it. Time goes by. People are indicted. One person commits suicide. I'm like, they didn't hack anything. So obviously they needed to take them out for whatever. And if you think that the U.S. government doesn't take people out, you've got another thing coming. Uh, They take you out in any which way they can. Um, Many people have filed complaints for uh, attempted assassinations, poisoning of families. This is all done by the CIA. This is stuff that people don't want to talk about. So remember, that was hack number one that I identified. Total M.O. He's done that before in other places outside of the United States but you know that's considered of national security so we can't talk about that but that was hack number one so right after this break because I want to play my commercials I don't get paid for these commercials you're going to see how Seth Rich was hack number three
11: The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
13: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart.
9: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st congressional district. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me, For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns so here i am running for congress in florida's 21st congressional district because the american people deserve a voice and a representative who like president trump will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority
0: all right i can't even wait for the jingle to go because i'm so excited i'm going to show you something that you probably forgot happened are you ready for this So here's hack number two, okay? Hack number two, I'm gonna play a report. This is from 2015 from PBS, okay? Very short, three minutes, to remind you of hack number two. Hack number two that I can refer to, okay? There's been other hacks. And then, hack number three, Seth Swaritch, just watch. You're gonna see how they operate. Methods, here we go, here we go.
14: Oops. <clears throat> government files in a data breach that was six times as large as originally disclosed. The information was hacked from the Office of Personnel Management, or OPM, which said today it is highly likely that anyone who went through background checks to apply for a government position since 2000 was affected. Joining us to fill in the blanks is Josh Lederman of the Associated Press, who's been covering the story. Uh, in terms, of- okay, let me just explain to you, OPM.
0: Um, Office of Personnel Management. Everybody has forgotten this, but you're going to see how this all ties in. And you should read my article that I wrote on now fired Inspector General Linick of the State Department that I had been calling to be fired publicly since February. He should have been fired ASAP. But here's how this goes. OPM. So if you've joined the military, worked in the federal government, state government, whatever needed clearance, you file a background check, right? Background checks are the most evasive colonoscopy you will have for clearances. They will meet with your friends. They will know where you go. They will know who you talk to. They will know who you bank with, where you eat, what your favorite coffee is at Starbucks, everything. And they will go and knock on doors and ask questions to clear you. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's really important information. Lots and lots of data data, data, data. Ha, this era's gold. Now, have that in mind as you listen to him break down this hack.
14: In terms of scope, we know this is huge, but how is it different from the earlier hacks we've heard about, Josh?
13: Well what we're finding out now, Gwen, is not only were many more Americans affected than we previously knew, but just what kinds of data. We're talking about very personal data that most people will be very uncomfortable knowing is out there. We're talking about people's health histories, their criminal histories, their educational and residency backgrounds, uh, as well as interviews that they conducted with members of uh, OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, or other people conducting background checks in the process of applications to get a security clearance.
14: In fact all the kinds of information is- that were are worn to protect with our lives, social security numbers, biometric fingerprints.
13: That's right, as well as usernames and passwords that a lot of these applicants used as they were trying to get their applications. How was
14: this discovered?
13: Well, it was discovered by a system that the government had put in place uh, to try and detect uh, breaches just like this one. Unfortunately, that system was not the most modern system, and it did not detect it until it was quite a bit too late. Uh, As the government started looking into it, they realized that the initial breach that they detected was actually much broader and affected many more people than they initially thought.
0: Okay. So they announced this to the people in 2015. The hack was done in 2014. In December now all we have to do is think December 2014 what else happened didn't we hear uh, you know Admiral Rogers come out and say oh they started losing in on the president and hacking and doing since then Right. Uh, Didn't they start over collection in December of 2014, but they didn't know about it until 2014. Well, 2015, sorry, where they discovered it. Well, I'm going to tell you. So ShadowNet, you've heard me refer to it. That is uh, the technical application of what I did for a living, which is how to profile Not just people, but profile demographics, countries, cultures, villages. So that way we know how to go in and penetrate and change things. That was my job. I was the best. And I crowned myself queen of reality hacking. I did some stuff that I can never talk about, but it was pretty, like, you know, I I look back and I was like, man, I was only like 21. Wow. You know, but they created software that did this. So what does this software do? Well, it takes all that information from the Office of Personnel Management, puts it into a computer, and it crunches and crunches and crunches. Remember this company called Clearforce that I told you about? Headed by a four-star general, General Jones, who has a lot of loyalists out there, tons of them. You see him posing with a lot of people in the media. He owns everybody. And I'll tell you what, Praetorians, right? Their job is not to protect the nation, but to protect the ruler. So again, we go back. What is Clearforce? Oh, it's a company that took software or algorithms that were created to do just that. I can take all your information, health. Dental, education, friends, background checks, biometrics, you name it. I got it. I put it in and it crunches a number. And at the end, it tells me what I need to do to hack you and own you and keep you under my thumb. So think, why in the world would Brennan hack the OPM, have the OPM maimed just before President Trump announces that he's running? Well, I'll tell you timelines because this tells you everything you need to know. And then you'll understand how the Seth Rich alleged hack happened.
14: At the time, I remember there being speculation about who was behind the breach, who actually was, who the hackers were. Do we have any more indication of who that might have been?
13: No new indication from the government. Now many members of Congress, including Senate Democratic leader Harry Reid and others, have said this was China. There have even been federal agencies that have said, uh, without putting their own names on it, you know, we're we're pretty sure this is China. China.
0: You know that Brennan had China all over. You know that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton China, 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 China because we created China, 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 China China in 45. We created the Communist Party. We helped them win and take out the nationalists of China in 45. We helped them. And Harry Reid, let's talk about Harry Reid, who was one of the people that had this infamous dossier and talked about it on Mother Jones October 31st. You know, Harry Reid that was out because he was under criminal investigation and then tried to sue Theraband because his wanky tush can't, you know, exercise with a stretchy band. Hit him in the face and he wanted to sue them for being incompetent. Yeah, that one. The one that was actually the one caught in a brothel huh? pissing on a bed with hookers. Oh, you know, the same stuff they tried to put in the dossier. I mean, if you're going to make stuff up, at least make something realistic that's a scandal right so here's where we go China 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 hacked it huh and they found out months later but what was happening in those months is very very important so let's go to this timeline so for those of you that are not watching on the screen uh, through Periscope Twitch YouTube or Facebook I'm gonna walk you through like I always do before I was videoing all of this This is from CNN, talks about the Hillary Clinton email scandal, right? Goes back to 2014, the State Department requests that all former secretaries of state submit any records in their possession for proper preservation. 2014, the request of the State Department Clinton hands over 55,000 pages, approximately 30,000 emails. Left out emails were deemed by her and her staff to be personal, so she decided what's personal. December 1st, just around the time that hack happened, Barack Hussein Obama files something saying, you're not allowed to use private emails. (laughs) Well, you did too. You use Gmail, Renegade, Uh, but it prohibits the use of this unless you copy or forward a copy of that email to your government account within 20 days. March 3rd, 2015, they've already got all the information. Hillary Clinton is being asked about all these things, blah, 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 blah. But here's where we get to the really good stuff. Okay. This is where we go to the really good stuff. She's being pressured to release emails and they're asking her about her 33,000 emails. Now during that time, do you know what else happened? Now, we're going to pop to another screen. This is an article, and I'll post the link in uh, the chat. It's on Tory Says. If you go to torysays.com, you can uh, just type in the word Linux. Had a secret OIG network. You know, he got fired, right? And um, I've just posted that in the chat, and now I'm going to share the screen of the article so I can show you who this guy is. This is why I was saying he should be fired, So this guy actually was the um, IG of the State Department. And what was really, really, really funny about this man is that he had gone uh, to uh, the government and just a couple days after Hillary Clinton uh, announced her bid for president and was demanded to hand over information, uh, he went to the subcommittee to request money to create a separate network for his office so the IG of the State Department is completely separate from the rest of the State Department because he needed privacy and he didn't want people having access to it so they would ask him questions like do you have evidence that the State Department network has been attacked and how does that affect you and he says there's evidence that it's been attacked and it has affected us I cannot really go into details because of the nature of information Now, he applied for it in 2015, and over here in my article, I refer to you to an older article, Russiagate Part 3 Unmasking Methods and POC, which I published years ago, where I even told you who unmasked General Flynn before the list came out, two years before that. And in here, you can see through this article, I walk you through, so you can see what that whole plan was. And the plan was to obfuscate Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails because he was responsible to hand them over. So... It just so happened that the hack came out then. You know, they had to say something, and this is why, and that was secret, and the government knew that over 40 million, they say 22 million, I'm telling you over 40 million people's information was hacked. But the question you might have is, well, what are they going to do? Obviously, it's private information, social security numbers, health, everything. But how, how is that going to help the deep state? Well, like I said, If I want to make you do stuff for me, I need all your information to find out what makes you tick. Listen to what else they say in regards to this hack.
13: However, the White House, the Office of Personnel Management today, uh, declining to name who was responsible for this, uh, only to say that they believe that these two breaches that we know about work by the same person and that they're working behind the scenes to do what needs to be done uh, in response to those
14: breaches. Now, as you said, the government had put in place a system to try to detect these breaches. How, um, how do they, pre- has it, does this system help them figure out a way to prevent them from happening again?
13: Well, the problem here, I think, is that we're in a bit of a race with the hackers. So as soon as the government comes up with a new system to detect intrusions, hackers find an even smarter, more complex way around it. So the government says that they're in the process of putting in place government-wide, the latest system to detect these intrusions and prevent them from happening, Uh, but the government's also acknowledging that it's only a matter of time before the hackers get even better at their game.
0: Okay, hackers, why don't we examine the hack?
13: What if I told
0: you that data was copied and then provided to a certain someone that had software? Because you know what they needed? Deep state foot soldiers. And the only way you are going to get someone rank and file above, rank and file director, assistant director, assistant deputy, deputy director, SES, VSES, to comply is to crunch the data and find out what makes them tick, right? That's how you do it. How do you pen them in to where you want? When you have everything and a computer program, that can tell you, hey, you want them to jump? When you say jump, and not only will they jump, but they will be, how high, sir? Huh? Here's how you do it. Because that is what Shatternet can do for you. Well, that's what Clearforce does. Because if you even go to their website, they advertise how they can tell you how loyal someone will be. Are they a good egg, obedient, and will they be a possible breach? Oh, and that company is the same one. Well, the owners of it, General Jones, General Hayden, are the ones that create all these spin-off software versions of this. Kind of like the magic wheel that Roger Stone will be (laughs) revealing with his appeal. Are you getting this? So, this was hacked and taken. Why? To get dirt on the people you needed to shut up. To get dirt on the people you needed to comply. Why? Oh, well, Hillary Clinton was not going to win the elections. They knew that. So, let's just finish this up so you can hear what this uh, gentleman has to say for the last, you know, 50 seconds
14: feels like it's every other week that we talk about some sort of hacking incident, whether it's a retail establishment or a bank or a newspaper or, in this case, the federal government. Is, are these all of a piece, are they very similar one end after the other? Uh, there have
13: been some differences in between them, but the thing that's constant uh, is the fact that there is this threat that the government and uh, private security officials, cybersecurity officials say is only going to grow as we head into the future.
14: We know that a lot of Republicans, especially leaders, have called for uh, Administrator Katherine Archuleta's resignation. Is her job in danger as a result of this latest disclosure?
13: I believe that it is. Uh, we have to acknowledge, she said in a conference call today with reporters, she's not stepping down. She plans to continue doing the work that she's doing, and she's confident that her office is doing everything that they need to do. However, just in the past few hours, Gwen, we've seen very prominent members of Congress, House Speaker John Boehner, Senator John McCain, just a few minutes ago.
0: Of course, because she can't reveal that it wasn't hacked and it was simply copied. I mean, how dare she? Now let's get into the third hack. It was a the beginning of 2016. Elections were in full spin. Let's do this as a once upon a time so you can understand it. And just like me, when I was called, hey, you in D.C., can you do this for me? Someone called, a DNC staffer called Seth Rich and said, Hey, are you here, XYZ? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, could you do me a favor? Uh, I need you to take this stuff. You're going to get XYZ from this guy, and you're going to take that uh, high-capacity card, and you're going to go into the server room, and you are going to image the whole DNC server. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, Is this for, well, we just want to make sure that we have copies, you know, it's election time, you know, all right, sure, I can do it. I mean, I'm the highest level staffer here right now. So here's where we move along. At the same time, there was someone else. Hey, are you down at the RNC? Hey, um, so uh, yeah, this is uh, McCain. Can you do me a favor? We need to migrate some stuff. Uh, You're the highest uh, ranking IT guy there for the GOP. Do me a favor. Can you image the RNC server for me? I I just need it. Thanks. Then Seth Rich is advised. Here's where you're going to put this information. I need you to insert it into the computer and it'll upload. And then lots of people like Tori. Get on to the side of the quantum side where we sit and talk string theory. One person's like, whoa, that was this massive upload. I'm, I'm, I'm mirror- mirroring it, guys, but I got to fraction it because it's huge. And we're all like, yeah, you know, hey, when are you getting back from Antarctica? Nah, 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 nah. So we're talking. And then it's like, all right, guys, everybody download a piece of this file, please. Oh, so I download two of those because I had two jump drives that I could put it on download download what is it i don't know hmm week later oh shoot guys that was a dnc server <gasps> why was it on there i don't know man good thing i didn't open it up on that computer damn i got to get rid of my computer now oh no well hey we should all just send it to the department of justice all right everybody just got it wow why was this online i don't know hmm. so that was the back end fast forward Oh, dear, we were hacked. CrowdStrike, come in. You need to investigate and delete the emails because Hillary's in a lot of trouble, please. Oh, FBI, no need to see the server. We've got this. Oh, and make it look like a Chinese hack. Hey, can you give us that string key code that makes any code look like Russian code, even though it's really Chinese code? You know, that thing, that uh, that thing that you can find on Vault 7 because it's a program that we've been using forever. I can make it look like your kid or that you from your house while you're sitting there watching cat videos was hacking, I don't know, the power grid. I can make it look like that. So use that software. Let's do it. Oh, no. Russia. At the same time, we have another company it says, hey, we're the best reality hackers, President Trump. You need to win the elections. Hey, want to hire us? We're going to make sure everybody wants to vote for you. And Trump's like, no, nah, man, people are going to vote for me because I'm a badass. I don't need your help. Thanks a lot. That was a trap because that would have been linked. Cambridge Analytica, blockchain management, everything. Russia, 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 Russia. So that was the other end of the plan. See, when you have a plan, you got to trap someone and go like, like when you swat a fly, you can swat it with one hand, but you need it against a hard surface, right? So the hard surface would have been president Trump taking on Cambridge Analytica. But uh, the smack would have been like, oh, DNC was hacked because see, a lot of people forget that they say the RNC was hacked too, and they were not hacked. They were imaged. And here's the thing. DNC server was done. What happens? Word starts getting around. Oh, you know, this happened to heck. He's thinking, whoa, good thing I imaged that server. You imaged that server? Talking with Sean Lucas. What? Well, you know, they said, you know, move this stuff. Suddenly he sees stuff about Bernie Sanders. He's like, wait a minute, man, dude, they're fixing the elections for the Democrats. This is really messed up. Well, What do you mean? I don't know, man. Like, I thought I was imaging the server, you know, for migration purposes and everything. Like, what's going on? I don't know. Sean Lucas, DJ, hanging out, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should get it out. This is a conversation. I don't know. Maybe we should. Let's see how we can reach someone so we can send this stuff. Yeah, let's see. (laughs) DNC's like, hey, man, you weren't supposed to be yapping. We heard this. Ah, you're in a lot of trouble, Seth. See ya. So that's exactly how it happened. So uh, everybody out there has to understand that this is a repeat MO of John Brennan. You take the information, you blame a foreign nation, and you know why the OPM hack looked Chinese? It's because we use Chinese code okay, to make it look like a hack. Uh, Because at that point, we didn't have a key or a program to make it look like Russia or whatever other nation they wanted to blame. So it had to be China. You know, Brennan knows China really well. So the DNC was never hacked. It was a a, a guy who thought he was doing a job and, you know, he did what they told him, kind of like me. I took that information, put it on a drive, and then handed it over because they needed that information. It was highly classified. So here is where where it goes right so this is what happened Seth Rich was taken out because he realized man I was duped oh no we need to tell the people this is really 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 bad and he paid for it with his life just like many people now why am I not paying for it yet with my life well you don't know that you don't know if I am or not kind of am but the thing is I've been trained from a very young age they don't know what I have or what I don't have. So it would be very difficult for them to say and do much. I mean, like I said, I can't wait till 2021 when I get to sit and tell it all. Because again and again, I've told you that you may not see things. You may not understand things. And you may not see what is happening. But a lot is happening. A lot. And As it unfolds, as time goes on, you'll be able to see it because, okay, I have an advantage. I am Elon Musk's wet dream in regards to predictive analytics and what he's trying to do. But, you know, you can't put inert with biological. I mean, just focus on the biological software, man. So I can peek to the future to then look back on the past because the future, we change every day. Tomorrow, you are not the same you. You are not even made up of the same cells that you are today. Now, we may be a little off on time sometimes because it all depends on you. You create your reality. But think, I had said back in, uh, you know, with my personal Twitter account, I had said that, you know, within the first two years of President Trump's, uh, you know, uh, presidency, we're going to see so much happening. We're going to see the gold standard coming up and that's supposed to be happening soon. We're going to see, uh, you know, Israel getting their embassy. We're going to see mass pedophile arrest, trafficking networks, gangs or cults, as you call them, mercenary cults. And you will see that by the end of his whole term, which I'm really hoping that we can change into, another 8 more years rather than 4 you're going to see that every single supreme court justice except for one will be changed and so far we've changed two you know we got a few more to go but one will only remain from those that he inherited so again so again have faith pray and manifest your own reality that is the ultimate power we have as people to manifest our own reality. And if they hijack your reality with panic and fear, your future will be filled with panic and fear. This is why they congest you with information like this. This is why project mockingbird is so effective project operation gridlock, etc. So even though Seth Ridge did this, willingly, he didn't know what he was doing. On that note, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place.